0: Hey guys welcome to the seventh episode of a moment for mom podcast it's your girl Nyris, and today we will be touching on the very important and sensitive topic of postpartum depression postpartum depression is something that's very close to home for me um, because I went through it and um, it's a very very tough and sensitive subject but I feel that it is very necessary to have this, to have this talk and to share with you all, you know, the signs to look for, um, for yourself if you're going through, it, and also for your family, friends, and significant other, so that it uh, to try to make the, the try to make it easier while you're going through it because it's a very tough time, and um, believe it or not. Um, it affects 10 to 20% of new mothers. And sometimes you may feel, oh, no, not me, but, you know, you never know. And the more informed we are, the better. So, therefore, um, I'm excited because I have two very special guests joining me today. And although I don't know them personally, we follow each other on uh, Instagram. And there are two moms doing... You know, big things and important things from, for women and moms. And trying to, you know, help and encourage women, you know. And um, one of them is Badass Mama Coach and My Mommy's Post. And I'm very excited to have them on here. So I think it's um, it's only right for me to add them so that um, we can get started on the conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy, sit back, relax, and um, I hope this information can help you guys better understand what um, postpartum depression is and how it's affecting women more and more. I'll be right back. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves to, um, to you guys.
1: <laughs> hi. Um, hi, um, uh, this is Elena Brooking. I am a uh, confidence and mindset coach for moms. I help them uh, prioritize themselves. I help moms going through depression, find their confidence in motherhood and um, literally just helping them find their identity, and find their true self as women so they can be the best mom um you know that that they desire and deserve to be awesome awesome what's your page on instagram just so people know it's a uh, badass mama coach
0: <laughs> that's a great name <laughs> how about you uh, I don't want to say your name. I want you to introduce yourself.
2: Hi, um, this is my mommy's post. I am a stay-at-home mom now. I, after, you know, going through my career and just climbing the trenches in the corporate world, I decided to have a baby. Um, and going through my pregnancy, I just felt like I was perhaps alone or didn't have enough information or, you know, like just that support that everybody, uh, every mom needs. And everybody, I guess, is under the impression that they, every mom has that support, which is not real. Uh,
0: Has the courage to be transparent with whatever they're going through, because it's hard to, to do so. And especially something so sensitive as postpartum depression. So I'm very excited that you guys decided to join me. You know, I know we don't know each other personally, but um I feel that as women we always somehow connect one way or another. So it's it's exciting to have you guys. Yeah.
1: Definitely
2: thank you for having uh, us on.
1: Me and my mummy is post. Um we did uh we've already done a little collaboration together. (laughs) right I saw Um, that yeah um, so I was on one of her videos on YouTube so I'm really glad to um, you know to do this with her as well yeah Yeah, me too I'm excited it was
2: a really good collaboration and I had some positive feedback and I don't know if Elena some you got your own individual feedback from you know the moms that I filtered through I got
1: a few people yeah I got a few people we got on a a couple of calls and um, yeah it was really um, insightful you know to see how much um, you know, mummies out there are not aware 100% about what goes on, you know, after the postpartum period or after the pregnancy, after after birth and during the postpartum period. So I was really happy to give out the information. Um, you know, I know it stays there. It's, it's on hand. So <laughs> you
2: always that, is, that is so exciting to hear. And I hope this podcast also ends with those results, you know. and, and, that's, and that's exactly just like, what I'm hoping for yeah because that's like my main mission you know in this community building this online community and just kind of reaching as much moms as we can and especially in this subject is such a touchy subject not it's like nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to you know admit it or you know or they just don't know how to navigate it
1: yeah so I, i hear a lot of this um the touchy subject it's a stigma you know it's a sensitive um subject to me really um and this might be like a little bit controversial <laughs> um but to me it it shouldn't be at all i mean i think of my past postpartum period uh with so much um gratefulness um you know it was definitely a dark time for me However, I do believe that it, it was for me a redirection, you know, it was um, a sign, it was a moment in life that was teaching me something that was teaching me that I, I was, you know, I had to bloom into something different to become stronger, to become more confident. Being a mother is a great thing in life. And sometimes we underestimate that. And I
2: definitely agree.
1: Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. and to me, now helping moms who go through postnatal depression and having been there myself, I realize how much it's almost a rite of passage that um, it's sometimes it's undiagnosed. So I, I feel like I'm, almost 80% of moms go through postpartum depression, yep. with, whether they know, whether yeah. they don't know, whether they yeah. think they're going through it. So for me, it's almost like a write sort of passage, like mm-hmm. something telling us, "Look, um, this—you have got to do some inner work. You have got to take care of yourself. You have got to go through this because this is tough. It's not easy, and that's what's going to make you stronger. That's what's going to make you feel, um, you know, like you can live this motherhood season in your life by your own rules, and you know, as as and and help yourself." Um, to to live through it as as serenely as possible you know so for me it's not a stigma it's not like when people like I appreciate when people say it's a touchy subject but on the other hand I I wish that it wasn't how we would refer to postpartum depression. Yeah and
2: I'm very interested in understanding too because you live on the other side of you know, the pond or across the pond (laughs) and we live, you know, um, you know, the North America. So we have a different perspective when it comes to mental Mm -hmm. health, just in general. And I, I lived about six years, you know, on the other side of the world too. So I understand the diversity of it Mm -hmm. and the difference of how Americans view mental health and how other, other people in the world view Mm -hmm. mental health and the tools and the resources that we have. But um so, that's definitely. Yeah, I Can I we think... start with the um I'm sorry, I don't be, I don't want to yeah. cut you off. I just want
0: just for um listeners sake, um there's a lot of people that don't even know what postpartum is. So right. let's start with <laughs> with <laughs> Let's yeah. start with what is I'll what is part. postpartum depression? Um, so, I'm asking Elena, go ahead. Yeah,
1: sure. So postpartum depression is um Definitely a mental health um, or mental um, disorder. The us call it that way. It's a mental situation that happens in very, very different um, on very different levels, um, because it's obviously not the same for everybody. We're all on our different journeys, and uh, it's postpartum depression is a condition that happens in um, a lot of mummies after birth. It usually stems on three different levels. Um, the first level uh, we're talking about imbalances, uh, chemical imbalances in our in our brains, um, due to obviously the, um, the the traumatic birth. It could be you know um, stemming from traumatic pregnancy. So hormones and chemical imbalances are usually very normal uh, when we um, enter motherhood. However, it affects the different women in different ways. Um, another level that it um, stems from is just the lack of confidence and the lack of um, ability to adapt to a massive change that is obviously motherhood. And um, the other um, the other level can be just basically past um, past depression, past diagnosed or undiagnosed um, mental situations such as, I don't know, bipolar disorders or um, very traumatic childhood experiences, um, depression, you know, um, before becoming pregnant. So usually, um, let's say, I usually divide it into different categories. It can be biological or it can be um, social, you know, when it comes to the causes of postnatal depression. Um, And it's that inability to not function properly on the day-to-day basis, and to not be able to bond with, uh, with the baby as much as you would normally think you, you, you would, right? Um, so it's, um, it's just like normal depression, but it, it's different in the way that it only happens after giving birth. And let me tell you how long it lasts, it really depends on a lot of factors. Um, if it's only mild postnatal depression, it can last as long as you are willing to commit to yourself and make the change that you need with the help of therapy, with the help of medication, with the help of the right people and the right support system. Um, On the other hand, if it's, um, you know, if the causes come from a biological situation, such as I was saying before, um, bipolar disorder or different, um, you know, mental illnesses or, you know, um, traumatic experiences as a child, as a child such as, I don't know, um, experiencing, you know, rape or experiencing abusive relationships or anything that may, you know, um, create coping mechanisms in in us that tell us that we have to behave a certain way, uh, then it is likely for those women after birth to experience or even just perinatal depression, which is the depression that they can go through while pregnant, or experience then postnatal depression or both. So yeah, um, basically this is, uh, <laughs> the, um, the definition, uh, the small
0: the definition, bottom, <laughs> the
1: small definition there is so much more to it. I'm not obviously, right. um, right. you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm a personal coach, but being, having been through it myself and having done my own research and having helped a lot of women, this is basically what I have encountered. Um, so it can stem from different reasons. Um, for sure.
0: And I've also heard um there's a lot of confusion between postpartum depression and baby blues.
1: Mm-hmm. And from
0: my understanding baby blues the difference is like the duration. Baby blues doesn't last long.
1: Yeah, and and the difference is also that we all go through the baby blues in a way or another. Um, so the baby blues is basically just reality hitting you in the face (laughs) because you've all of a sudden gone home from hospital you've got a baby in your arms you have no idea what to do Um, the hormones you know the hormone levels are completely out of whack and so going through the baby blues is perfectly normal and I think 95% of women um, walking into motherhood go through the baby blues it lasts for about um, Three to four weeks, but it can only last. It can also last, sorry, up to six weeks. Um, so after this period of time, if you continue to experience, you know, um, low mood, and you know, not the desire to not get out of the house, or the desire to not get out of bed in the morning, uh, all of these these symptoms that are um, Part of postnatal depression, then you can consider yourself probably going through something a little bit more than just baby blues.
0: Right, right. Um, I'm curious uh, because uh, my mommy's post said, stated that she also lived on the other side of the pond in here. So I'm curious as to like, what differences you noticed when it comes to um, mental health? Because for me, I'm, I'm also a stay-at-home mom, but I'm, I'm also Latina. So in yes. my culture, there's so much stigma mm-hmm. on this, you know, on this subject. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it always, I, I always like to ask different women that I, that I come across and, you know, they talk to me about postpartum depression. Like, you know, what have you seen? What different things have you experienced versus me? Yeah. Because I know it can be very different.
1: Yeah, you know, it is very, very different. And um, this is a really great question. I, in my work experience, I'm going to tell you my work experience and then my personal experience as a traveler because I've I've lived in different parts of the world as well. Um, And as well as the the country that I was born in, um, there is a huge stigma around mental health. So work-wise, I have found I've dealt with quite a few women Um, who were latinas like yourself who um, are from um, asia as well so philippines or just the middle eastern in general and there is a huge stigma around mental um, mental health and especially postpartum depression because in in those cultures you are not supposed to go through that you're a woman you're supposed to just look after your baby and do what you've got to do right and
0: exactly.
1: So when you do touch that those, that type of topic you're told that um you're you're not taken seriously, you know. And um so I have found a lot of those women tend to because the connectivity we have in our society nowadays, social media, the internet, they tend to reach out a lot um Um, To to people who live, um, you know, in America, in the UK, um, they they reach out a lot to the Western culture, let's say. And so um, I feel really fond about those women because I know that the support system that they have is very, very poor. And obviously, it's not their fault. It's not that they don't want to seek the help. It's just they know that if they did, they either get their kids taken away or, you know, they looked at um, as, you know, um, going, you know, acting crazy or anything else that may be, they, they may be fearing in that situation. Um as per my own personal experience as a mom and as as someone who did go through postnatal depression and as a traveler I've lived in Australia i've lived in new zealand um I was born in a small town in Albania which is a- min, um an Eastern European country, and there as well this the stigma is huge right um I didn't even tell my parents when I was going through I didn't tell anyone you know because um, I just didn't feel like it was safe, I just didn't feel that they could provide me with the help that I needed because of this cultural difference, because I was also, you know, brought up in Italy, so I was born in in Albania, but brought up in Italy, which means my, my parents are still, there's still a cultural gap between me and them. Um, And so even in Italy being, you know, modernized country and a country who's, you know, supposed to be (laughs) further ahead than my own country where I was born. um, It is a little bit more of a stigma than what it is here in the UK. Uh, Now, I have never experienced the States, well, not just yet. Um, but here in the UK, you know, the Royals are talking about mental health The the, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's massive here. There is so much more awareness going on. There is, uh, a, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of platforms out there for people, um, you know, who need the support and who cannot um, look to people around them for support. So, I feel like these differences are, are massive. Australia is another country who is very ahead with mental health awareness. Um, you know, they do a lot uh, for people who need the support. And it's, I feel like right now, this idea is coming in my head where like people from these countries could possibly create something like a support system for maybe for moms in the countries like the, the, the Latin American countries and the Asian countries in the Middle Eastern, you know, imagine the Middle Eastern women who have babies and go through postnatal depression, they don't even able to talk about it, not even think about it. Right. And I feel like it could be such a great idea. I'm just having it in the right in this moment to create something, you know, for them. Um, I think
2: it's it's all about resources and Mm -hmm. like in the United States, it's about like your medication, your Medicare or your, you know, your health insurance, is it provided, is it paid for, do you have to pay out of pocket, Mm -hmm. you know, some families cannot afford it. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. I think it's just more of, it it boils down to that. So can those like, you know, countries, third world countries in that manner, can they afford those resources? You know, can they afford those professionals to come and help and support these yeah, moms? I, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I guess my, my idea was more like a um a, a, like a, an actual support system. Yeah, like a support uh, without n- non profit, obviously support. System. Yes. Uh, okay. I, never, I would okay. never think of profiting from that. Um, that would be you know it would be like <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't work. I don't think it would work if they can't if they don't have the resources then they wouldn't go for it. Um, mm-hmm. as, per, um, as per being able to afford professionals and um, especially for mental health in America, from my work experience, I work with a lot of uh, mums from America and there is, um, I think there is a mindset issue laying behind that statement that you <laughs> uh, like the not being able to afford it and the, the seeing the professionals as something too expensive to be able to I think there's two issues with that the first one is that moms um, from the moment that they give birth they cancel themselves so much they don't even think they're worth getting the support it's like going shopping yeah. and only buying for the kids. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's very hard for them to actually recognise one 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 reason is because we're women and we we feel we're strong and sometimes we like we I can do this on my own, right? That's what I did. And the other reason is, well, you know, I can't afford it because the baby needs all of these things now. And it's such a it's not only a shock to the system and to our to our mind and to our to our brain and to our functioning as, as people, it's also a shock in our head, to the financial situation at home, you know, stay-at-home mums, they 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 feel guilty if they spend on themselves because they're not contributing to the financial, um, you know, situation at home. If it's the hubby working all day, then they, you know, that was me as well. And so it's very hard for them to say, "Hey, um, I really need, I really want the help. I want to get out of the mediocrity that." depression has me stuck in on a daily basis. I want to be my best self for my baby. I'm going to invest this money because I know it's going to help me. It's very rare to find mums actually thinking that.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's more, like you said, that moms <clears throat> tend to put themselves first, you know, I mean, yeah. last, last in the family and everybody first, and they kind of just lose themselves within that yeah. process. So, and I think it's more to the fact that there's no support. So the process here in the United States, my exper- my experience was, you know, you get pregnant, you go to the hospital, you go to your OBGYN appointments, they tell mm-hmm. you the progress of the baby, the health of the baby, your health everything's fine. They tell you what to do as far as like, take your prenatals and blah, 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 whatever. And, and then it's time to, you know, give birth. So now you're giving birth and it's like, okay, do you want to breastfeed or do you want to uh, feed, uh, formula feed? And then they just kind of show you just a little bit. And then it's like, um, okay, here's, here's your, you know, what to do after, you know, healing as far as physical healing, come back in six weeks. We'll talk about birth control and it's over. That's it. That's yeah, the last yeah. time you That's talk it. to your doctor. Like And it's the
1: same knows. in the rest of the world, Right. Really. So
2: there is no like in between, no. there's no before. Like, luckily, like my experience I had went, I, I moved from state to state. So when I first found out I was pregnant, I was living in the state of Michigan. And the doctor in my experience with the OBGYN was horrible. Like it was, it was more like comical to the point where it was, when I would tell them like, okay, I'm experiencing this or that. They would just, they had no answer for me. So in, in about six, when I was six months pregnant, I moved to the um, greater uh, Chicago area and my experience was tremendously better. I even had a, um, I had, um, you know, access to like a breastfeeding consultant. I had access to all these like great resources. You know, the doctors were very tentative. And through that, I was able to gain a lot of information Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my inspiration to starting yeah. what I started, you know, because it was just a difference of, you know, moving from state to state and having, you know, these little resources that helped me, but not enough. So I finally constantly find myself like on Google looking for answers and Google is not, you know, a know it all, <laughs> you know, <Sometimes> Right. <laughs> it can give you like bad information, misguide you, Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, there's sometimes, you know, you don't have like a woman support around you mm-hmm. that can yeah. help you, you so, know, kind yeah, of answer uh, these questions. Yeah.
1: And absolutely. That's, ex- that's exactly the reason why um, I do what I do is because unfortunately professionals, when you reach out to them, um, you know, th- for them, it's, it's nothing new when you show up and say, look, I'm not feeling at my best. I think I'm going through postnatal depression. It's almost like they see it as a normal thing happening, and it kind—they kind of feel like we've got to just deal with it. Yeah, and I believe that postpartum depression needs a specific um, care coming from women who have been through it, who women who are mothers. You know, and while therapists do a great job in giving you know a certain direction and helping with our thought patterns and helping us you know with um, uh, with the venting and getting all of our feelings out, what if you walk into their studio or whatever office and you've got some you've got a man in front of you who has no idea what you know? So there is a lot of, and that could be also like the right therapist for you, I'm not saying, but there has to be a support system where you are feeling safe, where you can talk to people where you're, you know you're being understood. And there are a lot of Facebook groups for that as well. I've seen on um, online, which is great. Um, however, I have also seen a lot of women who are very, very afraid to speak out. Mm-hmm. um because they feel like if they have intrusive thoughts if they you know um post something or talk about something that is um you know it, it, that goes danger anywhere, for the baby anywhere near yeah dangerous yeah. thoughts or um, mm-hmm. all for themselves then people feel like they need to save that person and so um it's very, very hard because I mean, when it when it comes down, and I've been in those situations, when it comes down to um, death or you know, death or 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 live situation, then obviously it's a no-brainer. If you see if you see someone who is going through that, then you want to help them and you want to contact the right people to support them. Uh, but sometimes in doing so, moms feel threatened by the system because they don't want you know social services called on them they don't want so right yeah and and you know this is also one of the reasons why i do what i do because i feel like i feel like it's like that outside help from someone who has been there that outside help where they could count on and without getting stuck in the net of oh my god i'm not gonna say anything because i'm just gonna suffer in silence and that is not okay either
0: right so for me
1: it's, it's um, such a hard road for people who want to um destigmatize postpartum depression because a lot of mummies won't speak up about it because of these reasons.
0: It's very it's very um it's very hard like in my experience um the reason I started my whole um community on on social media, Facebook, Instagram and the podcast was because I was going through postpartum depression and I never told anyone. The only person that I was very vocal about my feelings was my my husband. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have a million friends that are close to you that love you, but I never felt comfortable allowing people to see me that way because I just felt like I would be judged, labeled, criticized. And maybe not, but when you're going through postpartum depression – for me personally, I was very i, I was um, I was almost like nervous to tell people, so i just wouldn 't i I dealt with it myself and then i didn 't want to tell my doctor because in in the states here it's like your the first thing is like okay you 're crazy, you need pills, and that 's not no. the route either you right. know what i 'm saying yeah so for me i I have a friend that she um has um, she posts articles of, you know, different people going through different things. And Mm -hmm. she encouraged me to, you know, to post about what I was going through. And I mean, in this, she has a a social media and it's many different types of things, not just postpartum, different women speaking about different things and so on and so forth. So I decided to kind of be vocal about, you know, not the long story, but like a Mm -hmm. short story, short
2: your experience right a short
0: version of what I went through and I remember so many people and like I shared it with the females in my family first and and I shared it with my parents because I hadn't even told my parents and it was very it was very um surreal for me to see the reaction of people because they were like what Mm -hmm. you were going Mm -hmm. you know it was almost Mm -hmm. like it's something that they had no idea even existed Right. you know what I'm saying yeah yeah so that pushed me to want to do this because I feel like listen if my story can help one person then
2: right. you know so that's exactly how I feel yeah yeah I,
0: I feel like everything we do like you know the three of us mm-hmm. we're helping whether we see it or not
2: mm-hmm. I mean
0: I've, mm-hmm. I basically just started doing this I'm probably the baby of, of this between the three of us and I feel <laughs> like I've helped yeah. So many people that I don't know already, and it yeah. makes me so happy because Absolutely. I wish I had that mm-hmm. when yeah. I was going through it. Same you know day. what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, uh, you said you told your parents, and um, you know, you they had no idea what you know, even what you were going. Well, to. my
0: mom, my mom, my mom. You know, my mom is is I like I say old school, but obviously she's older than I am, and in her time
1: yeah depression wasn't even a word yeah what is depression
0: you know and when I was telling her she got a little emotional and she's like you know maybe I had that when I was when I had but I would never yeah and she's like and I wouldn't right yeah exactly
2: they would
0: she's like you know, know she's like we can't we couldn't talk about that then and this and that you know and I'm like that's why I'm being vocal because I feel like we should be able to talk about this. This shouldn't be a, yeah. uh, you know, a tippy-toe,
2: like we're tiptoeing around yeah. this subject. This is yeah. happening. It's this very normal to the, like, the biological make of our human body. I mean, we are pumped with hormones for nine months, and naturally after we give birth that that hormones are supposed to escape your body or are they supposed to dance around in your body? I mean, what what are those hormones doing? Causing imbalance, causing all sorts of emotions. So physically you know biologically we're dealing with like a whole bunch of hormones that we don't even we were not even prepared for you know like that's that's another dimension of this whole like, absolutely post, yeah postpartum
1: and that is so post- one of the levels that um sorry <laughs> it's one Go of the levels there. that i was speaking about um at the start of this podcast episode um the i just wanted to um talk a little bit about the medication um, situation. Um, you touched on it for um, a couple of seconds um, because it's it's very controversial. You know, there are a lot of mums who are pro medication and who would not live without it, and there are a lot of other mums who would never, you know, put um, the medication in their in their system. And um, I feel like this whole this whole state of mind, you, you've got no support system. Sometimes, you know, you, you had to tell your parents and they couldn't understand you, but sometimes there are, and most times, there are moms who struggle to even get through um, to their partners, so they are, when they can't have the support that they need or they feel like they don't have the support that they need from their partners because they may not understand fully what they're going through, then they're ultimately alone if you're not getting the support from your partner, you're a mom, there's no more time for friends, um, you less likely would go to your friends to talk about it, then you are literally on your own. And this is like, it gets isolating, it gets really, really hard. And this is one facet of it. The other facet of it, you're going to your therapist, and you are, you know, getting your sessions in. You're venting all of your feelings. You're coming back home feeling better. You're taking your pills every morning, every night. Um, but how long are you know? Are we willing to do that for? You know, right, um, right. That's why I say it, it's in a way I embrace, but only in a small for a small fraction the ignorance is bliss type of mentality from these cultures that we were speaking about earlier because the the mindset of what are you talking about you should be strong enough to just you know cope with it on your own it's it's, i don't mean to sound you know (laughs) cruel but in a way um it is, it has to go hand in hand with everything else. It has to go yes. hand in hand with the medication. It has to go hand in hand with the therapy. We can't just go to therapy and take the medication and just sit and wait for it to pass. You know, are we willing to, um, to, to make the most of our motherhood journey or are we just willing to sit there and, 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 and be passive about it, you know? And unfortunately um, this happens, it happens when years go past and these women are still on medication, you know, and can't cope without it. In reality, medication, in my opinion, as a known, you know, me- professional, non-medical profession, <laughs> um, it should be an aid, it should be help for that given situation where you are able to subside you know, the symptoms of postnatal depression, get your imbalance in your brain, you know, to to correct so that then you can take one step at a time, you know, in figuring out how you can, you know, um, come out of it, feeling at your best, you know, mm-hmm. feeling happy and finding that, that connectivity with yourself as a woman. I always say that, you can't expect yourself to be you know, the mother that you want to be if you're not the woman that you want to be first. And I believe that sometimes the reason for postnatal depression is exactly that.
0: Yeah, that's
1: exactly so, yeah so it's a matter of really finding the right balance. Uh, it's like a big, huge puzzle where you're putting in all the pieces. And if you're missing out your piece of the puzzle and you're not putting it on the table, then the puzzle ain't going to be complete. And your piece of the puzzle is going to be you stepping up for your own self and do everything that you need in order to feel good to feel happy you know um mm-hmm. it's not e- i mean it's simple but it's not easy of course <laughs> right yeah it's not when, um, when you're going through i'm not it, saying not yeah absolutely yeah. not yeah. and and, and, yeah. and you know, um it's it's very very hard mm-hmm. um But for me, in my own experience, when I was going through postnatal depression, I just got so sick of myself, so sick of myself. I got to the point where I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. I would lay in bed while my baby was awake for, I don't know, probably an hour or two. You know, Um, if she was happy to be there, obviously, I'd just be like, oh, stuff it. Why would I even want to get up? Right. Right. Um, and it's bad. It's bad. I got so sick of myself mm-hmm. that I just said one day, I said, this is it. I'm not willing to sit here. You know, it's like carrying a very heavy, um, you know, backpack on your shoulders and standing there, you know, waiting for the weight to lift. It's not going to happen unless you put down the bag and sort, you know, everything that's in there. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's, it's, obviously uh... I know how hard it is, but I just want my words yeah. to clear encouragement uh, for mummies who are going through it and think about what is it that I can do today even if it's something very small to you know to feel um, to feel at ease you know to, to feel like I am taking one baby step at a time
2: for me um, actually something I, mine was mine was different I experienced it um, seven months postpartum and I was not preparing for that. And for some reason, it just like hit me like a bus and I was just out. And I, you know, like a little bit of my background, I experienced, you know, depression growing up, but as a child, I didn't know what, what it was, you know, and we're circling back to the stigma. I didn't know what depression was. I just, I didn't know what chemical imbalance was. We had, I had nobody to talk to besides my sister and we both were going through it. And as kids, we thought it was like normal and the feeling that we would feel like these pits that we would feel and these like lack of, um, you know, motivation and all that stuff. And we, we just thought it was just like normal and it, we would wait for it to pass because you go through these like dark moments and we'll just wait for it to pass. So, you know, as we grow, I didn't, I didn't know I was dealing with depression until I was in college. And it was like, my sister went, became a psych major because she wanted to figure it out. And we were like discussing it. And then we, you know, she went to therapy. Um, she, she actually went through to therapy um, continuously. I took a couple sessions, um, but I was able to, you know, bring myself up and work through inside out. And that's just like my way of my personality and my way of kind of healing And, um, I went through that. So when I got pregnant and, you know, I had lost her two years before or a year before I got pregnant. So I was really, really like cautious. And I told my husband, like, you know, I need you to just be aware of me changing or anything like that. And I was so petrified that I was going to be going through my postpartum depression really bad after having my baby. So I um, just, you know, had the baby, and he, for some reason, he just like lifted me. It was such a beautiful experience. You know, I, I, I was, th- I was about twenty-nine years old when I had my baby, so it was just like I thought I was never gonna have him. It was just like a whole different experience. So, I loved him. You know, we went through a whole bunch of changes, but it, I never really like felt that it wasn't until Mm -hmm. in may we moved here to the new jersey new york area about seven months postpartum it just hit me and i couldn't get out of bed i just i knew what i was going through and i was just not motivated i did not want to get like do anything i just was in my i call them my pits my valleys Mm -hmm. and they're just it's just a dark cloud and it just it just you become paralyzed I, i remember like not taking a shower, like not wanting to change my clothes, not, you know, like I took care of my baby, but like, I did not take care of everything else. Like I didn't take care of me. Like I didn't want to leave the house. Like it was just so like, it was, it was just bad. And I remember like talking to my partner and and, like crying and telling him like, I don't know why I'm dealing with this now. Like, why did it hit me? Because I thought like, okay, I'm cleared. I'm good. (laughs) I escaped it. And here I am seven months postpartum. And I remember like reaching out to like the, you know, the pregnancy group I was part of and I was telling the, you know, the ladies like, Hey, has anybody like experienced this? And they're like, Oh my God, we're experiencing the same thing. And you know, this mom was saying like, it's normal. Like it sometimes can come back at seven months. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I, I had no idea. Like, I did not know that I was just waiting for the six week mark. And
1: you know, yeah. if it lasts
2: more than that, I was just like, okay, I'm cleared. But then it kind of hit me at seven months. And I was like, Oh crap. Like I'm not in the clear. Um, but I was how able long, to, How long did it last for you? It took about, I want to say about three weeks in total. It was just, um, you know, it was a lot of, I, like, I, like I said, I experienced it as a kid, so I knew how to get myself out, but it wasn't like right away. I It took some time because I wasn't comprehending like, oh, this is what I'm going through at first, because I was like, yeah. really, is this happening now? And then it just, you know, and I was just, you know, spiral, you spiral, you spiral, and then I remember, like, finally telling my my husband, I was, like, please, like, oh, my God, I'm dealing with this, like, I don't know, and I'm, like, crying, and I'm breaking down, and he go, you know, he just kind of was very, he was very, very supportive, he told me, like, what do you want me to yeah. do, let's, let's change the scenery, we went to the beach, you know, we just did everything differently, and he was able to, like, help me and support me in order for me to, to get myself out of it, so... Yeah. That's just No, my... it's
1: funny you speak about change of scenery because that's exactly what I did as well. Um mm-hmm. once I decided that I got sick of myself. Um uh, my postnatal depression um lasted for 2 years. Um because mm-hmm. I I don't think I needed medication. I now realize I could have done with some therapy. Um mm-hmm. however, I never really went for it. I mm-hmm. um I realized I had postpartum depression um, probably a few months after birth. And I know for me it was post, uh, it was basically the reason was uh, traumatic birth because I was almost dying after my C section. And oh it God. was also, and I didn't bond with my baby at all, um, my mm. husband, because I was almost mm. dying. My husband was holding the baby, so obviously I didn't get to bond with her. And even today, she's four now, and as, as much as I have got a beautiful relationship with her, and a really great connection, I can just feel, you know, um, how mm. that really kind of affected us um, mm. as mother, as mother and daughter. I've got another a girl she's two and with my second I had nothing but the opposite of postpartum depression went through the same exact thing um c-section but no trauma I knew what I was expecting and went smoothly I was happy afterwards I recovered very quickly and with her it was just divine you know and Mm. I was so happy but anyways those two years um I I moved to countries um Mm. Uh, I had my first when I was living in Australia and I never seeked out for help because I, 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 I said, I can do this on my own, obviously. And my husband was very understanding. He has been through depression himself. So he was really supportive, even though I don't think he was as supportive as I in that moment would have liked him to be because he mm-hmm. was kind of like dismissal every time I would Mm. touch on the subject. And now I know why. It's because when you Mm. are in that situation, everything is so dark. You kind of um, are Mm. a little bit on the verge of paranoia where you think that other people don't want to hear it, right? And so in reality, I realized now he was very, very supportive and I was very lucky to have him. Mm -hmm, Um, Yeah, changing, I think changing scenario and cutting off people and relationships that weren't serving me anymore or that were negative for my situation at the time Mm -hmm. was crucial, you know, for me to step it up and just say, okay, I've had enough of this. Something's out of change and, you know, change can happen in an instant, but it's so hard to be ready for it. And it can take me two years. It can take, you know, it took you three weeks. It can take other moms seven years time in Mm -hmm. being stuck in depression, you know, and that is what (laughs) I, that's what I was talking about um, earlier when I said, it lasts with the right support mm-hmm. in place. Mm-hmm. Rather than that, it can last for as long as you commit to it. For as long yeah. as you commit to yourself and wanting to actually make that change, because that's mm-hmm. gonna be there.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Your environment, I'd, your supports, yeah, that plays. Everything that goes hand effective. in hand. Yeah.
0: For me, yeah. I, I lasted. I'm gonna say, a year and a half with uh, postpartum depression and for me it was so weird because I hear you ladies talking and it's like all of our stories are different yet it's still postpartum depression you know (laughs) what I mean yeah and for for me it was it was weird because I have a a almost 10 year old son and when Mm I had him I had like the baby blues for like a week and then it was gone Mm -hmm. but uh, fast forward to my twins who, which came six and a half years later. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I, twins don't run in my family, so wow. you know
2: <laughs> you weren't prepared it, for that. It, it,
0: it was very shocking. You know, yeah. I remember finding out that I was pregnant with twins. I was in shock for like two months. <laughs> but you know, my pregnancy—yeah, I was in shock um, yeah. for two months, and I don't, I don't, I didn't have depression. I was actually very calm, you mm-hmm. know, and I was good and. I remember after I had my twins, I, um, I was, I was, um, what's the word? I feel like scared is not the best definition, but in any Anxiety. case, I, yeah, I was, it was almost like I was anxious mm-hmm. and because I just didn't know how I was going to do it. Right. I mean, it's twins and then yeah. I have a third yeah. child. So, you know, my whole life completely changed right and you know my husband he works a lot you know Mm -hmm. so he's he's barely home to help Mm -hmm. me so I didn't realize I was going through like I knew something was wrong because I know I know how I am and I know myself Mm
1: -hmm. and I just
0: knew like the the little things that I would notice you know like how I would talk to myself in the mirror or what I would see when I was standing in the mirror or Mm -hmm. You know, just little things that oh, I yeah. wouldn't notice and, and not wanting to, to even take a shower, not not mm-hmm. wanting to fix my hair. But mm-hmm. I was always trying to push myself mm-hmm. to go out and be with people. And even though I was around people, inside, I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like myself. So I think I've, I realized I was going through postpartum, maybe like six months after, if not, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit longer, but I knew Mm -hmm. something was wrong. I just never felt like I needed to see a doctor. I I wish I would have gone to therapy Mm -hmm. because I feel like if I would have spoken up sooner, it would have been easier for me. But I feel like my postpartum is different because although my husband was supportive, I feel like I didn't get the necessary support that I needed to to for my postpartum depression not to last as long as it did
1: you yeah. know what i'm
0: saying yeah because yeah. So it him, sounds him, like
1: we all have this in common that we all kind of came out of it in our own time without mm-hmm. um seeking. Right. and yeah. you know a uh, lady, congratulations you need to give yourself a <laughs> yeah <pet> yeah <laughs> <dog>. <laughs> yes. this is this like a hard. big deal yep. this
2: is yes. such a
0: big deal i mean it takes a lot it takes a lot mm-hmm.
2: I mean, yes, I feel like,
0: true. I feel like the, the online community and, and yeah,
2: different yeah, definitely, people, different health. yeah.
0: that's definitely what's helped me mm-hmm. be in a better place. And, yeah. and, you know, I look back and even mm-hmm. hearing you guys speak, it's like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's such a dark, dark mm-hmm. time in your yeah. lives yeah. that yeah. people don't understand. Even if, I mean, for me, like, like I said earlier in, in the Latino community is something that is it's not spoken of enough you know yeah. and i'm and yeah. i'm always now i'm constantly like you know i have many females around me that have babies mm. and you know they they're not aware or maybe they are aware and they're afraid to yeah. to label themselves as oh i have postpartum because you know right. because people don't want to be judged at the end of the day you know we yeah. don't want we don't want people pointing fingers for whatever you know the reason but in the latino community mm-hmm. it's very like Nope, you're supposed to, you know, this is yeah. what you're supposed you're a to be strong woman. You're supposed you know, to be yeah. strong. I yeah. did it. I have uh-huh. fifty-seven children and exactly. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> so it's like you're not yeah. supposed to
2: be weak. Weak, exactly. You know? A woman is strong. Yeah. So yeah. These, these
0: and this is my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I've always been
2: a strong you know woman. a strong yeah. woman
0: and you know, I can handle it, which is probably why I didn't mm-hmm. seek for therapy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know now I encourage people like listen go to therapy speak to someone speak up. can can we talk about like
2: the um the assessment that they give you at your six weeks postpartum you know did you guys that was like a joke like they give you a piece of paper at your six weeks no first of all let me let me start go back let's talk about the expectation about going to your six weeks you know because everybody thinks and as a first-time mom Everybody thinks like, okay, I, you give yourself that benchmark. Okay, six weeks, my body's gonna heal, and six yep. weeks I'm gonna be better. Six your weeks, my baby's back. gonna be back. Like, yeah. then, <laughs> you know, like you get, you have all these like great expectations that you're looking for at six weeks. You know, your six weeks appointment. Mm-hmm. and as a first-time mom, I was so disappointed. I was like, okay, like I'm still bleeding. I have st- stitches. Yeah. I am my yeah. baby, you know, like everything's like my breasts are leaking. Um, and then they hand you this piece of paper and the nurse was like, all right, fill this out. It was like, you know, an ABC, you know, whatever questionnaire. And then the nurse comes back in the room and she goes, all right, you, you've passed. And in my, my personal experience, like I, like I said, the hospital that I was, had gave birth at, it it was a better experience than where I was. And the nurse had like a more in-depth conversation with me. So she kind of put the paper aside and just talked to me, you know, like, like, you know, a, a friend and she was assessing like me through conversation, which I, I truly appreciated. But if I, it was in another setting, like, what is that piece of paper? Like, what is that going to do? Like I can lie or, you know what I mean? Of like, that's not, I lied. That- yeah, exactly. That does nothing. Like, okay, uh, oh yeah, I feel happy, you know, circle A, B, or C. Like, what is that? <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, I feel like we lie. Uh, like, for me, I lied because I feel like this is my issue with um, the OBGYNs as it is because mm-hmm. I feel that postpartum depression is something that should be talked about from the minute mm-hmm. you're pregnant.
2: It, absolutely and there should it be like should a, be, a separate professional that right comes and, sees and you, you need to
0: have your and you need to bring your partner with you you need to
2: bring exactly. your mom
0: with you you need to yes. bring your Somebody. support system yeah. exactly so that they're informed listen this is what yeah. you need to look for because people mm-hmm. have no idea exactly so, yeah we started from the beginning it's just gonna yeah. help the yeah. woman Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now we have this team together that is is mm-hmm. looking for the same signs as I exactly. am and is gonna support me. Versus yeah. you're going to the doctor, they don't talk to you at all.
2: Nothing. 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 Yeah.
0: My doctor yeah. spoke to me like, Oh, how do you feel? And I think it was like I'm at my six weeks. How do you feel? Yeah, it is your six Do you weeks feel this in the and it and it's yeah. like at that point I you're a stranger. I don't want to talk to you exactly. about anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah.
2: It you is do, just you've ridiculous. done nothing yeah and that's like my ridiculous. doctor I, I remember like my OBGYN, OBGYN was so concerned about my birth control options right like he was exactly. like okay you know like harassing me about which birth control option versus like my mental state my stability at home like you know it was just like I felt comfortable with the nurse because she's just just like her personality was very warm she even asked me like you know are you financially stable is there like do you have support at home like she she went into depth with that conversation Mm -hmm, just to kind of assess me and that's just to assess my environment assess my state my you know my state of mind you know and it was just like I I can only imagine what other moms go through because it's just like that piece of paper and that's
0: it yep and also (laughs) I felt a lot of pressure my my Mm -hmm. experience I felt a lot of pressure when I gave birth you know, mm-hmm. I had a C-section and, mm-hmm. you know, C-sections you're in the hospital for four or five days after. Mm-hmm. And I felt so much pressure about mm-hmm. breastfeeding to mm-hmm. the point that it's, it almost, they're almost pressure you. Like if you don't breastfeed, you're a bad mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. That's kind of like the, the, wow. the, 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 the the text that's not really that you can't really read that's basically mm-hmm. what they're trying to tell mm-hmm. you like oh no you mm-hmm. you need to try you need to breastfeed mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know it's like you're going through all these things mm-hmm. at the same time that I feel I wish almost that nurses and mm-hmm. doctors would take a little bit more time to say hey are you okay how are you feeling mm-hmm.
2: if you can't breastfeed it's okay
0: you know, exactly. know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Okay. And that should have that. I think that my opinion should be set up before you give birth. That should be right. like, okay, what is your, you know, like, like I said, my experience went one, one eighty from moving just different States. And because of that reason, I was able to, you know, like the nurses and my breastfeeding consultant, she gave me so much information. She even told me about my, your birth plan and what you, you can tell your doctors, like all this great, great, great resources that she gave me. And it was like, how would i like what would i've done if i like didn't have her you know if I my doctors weren't open or you know had these conversations about like what do i need to do what's your plan what do you like so when i when i gave birth i was ready to go without me them like pressuring me or anything the only thing they pressured me was my birth control which they talked to me about it before my pregnant my birth too but i just didn't know that's another topic because I never was on birth control because I tried a couple times. It didn't work out. So I just didn't do it. So I was right. just scared to yeah. be on it again, you know?
1: Yeah. So from my, from my experience, I went through the breastfeeding experience and I went through the formula fed um, experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm lucky enough to be able to speak from both sides. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the, I feel like getting a little bit more philosophical on this topic because um, I feel like a lot of moms and it's not only with breastfeeding, it's a lot of to do with a lot of other things that we think should be done the right way, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure that we get from society. I mean, could you imagine a mom walking into, um, you know, hospital or after a day that she's had her baby or even, you know, before at a visit saying, um, I, I, I don't want to breastfeed. I mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable with the idea. So my baby is going to be exclusively formula fed. Mm-hmm. I don't even think a mom would ever do that. Even mm-hmm. though she may think it, mm-hmm. we are naturally made to believe that we have got to do the right thing, even though we know nothing about it, even though we don't know how it's going to pan out. And that mm-hmm. expectation is what kills, you know, yeah. postpartum yeah. Mm-hmm. every inch of you know wanting to do things my own way because i'm the mom and i know best you yeah. know, that's not only with breastfeeding that's with a lot of other things you know mm-hmm. um the mindset of you're um. we convince ourselves that we're bad moms and we judge ourselves so much we always talk about how um how we are afraid of other people's judgment and how we get upset when other people judge us it's because we judge ourselves first if we have someone make a comment on us it's because we are thinking that about ourselves right. we already thought about it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely because then look I am I'm the type of mom and my my name on Instagram as you were commenting earlier is badass mama coach so <laughs> it's not because I'm a badass coach it's because I think of myself as being a badass confident and great mom and for me to reach this point it has been a long ass road okay and yeah. I don't mean to say this to be you know yeah. um, arrogant or um, you know as It's because I have worked so hard to get here. And so I want to say this out loud and proud and, you know, to get to the point where you don't really care about what other people think about your mothering skills and how you act with your kids outside of the house, because we all know it in the house, it's my own rules, right? But it's the instant that you step outside that you find all of these eyes on you and you know exactly what everybody else is assuming or thinking in their mind and it hurts you. They haven't even opened their mouth, but it hurts us because, oh my God, yeah, I already know. It's because we are seeking that validation from other people to look at us as the perfect mom. Now, there is no No. such thing. There is no such thing as a perfect mom. The perfect Mm -hmm. mom is the image that we create in our own mind um, to be able to cope with all of these things, um, so this coping mechanism we created to protect ourselves, but in reality, it's only self sabotage.
2: Yeah. yeah, like because you said, we're, we're blaming the lot.
1: outside world, but then what mm-hmm. are we doing? And sorry if I get like I don't mean to like be um, um, bitchy about the mum world. I am in it yeah. and I love it, and, and it's my job. However, mm. I when I say I I I I love the you know the mindset side of it is because if things would be so much easier if we were to just relax and turn off our, the noise, just do our own thing. It's just so much easier. But in mm. order to get there, it, it, there is a lot of self confidence yeah. work, high self esteem yep. work. It all depends on what it is that we're carrying from our past. That is, you know. Uh, trying to protect us and so self sabotaging ourselves in that way. Um, I it's think very yeah. I,
2: I think what happens is with this mom communities that you talk about is that I and I've been on it since August. So, you know, I kind of just dived in it. And I like to read a lot. I like to see a lot of comments of different moms and just kind of see like the mindset of where these moms are. And I think what it is is that we suffer from like let's say for example i am great at breastfeeding and my baby was easy and blah 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 and that's just like my strong suit and i like to highlight that so now the the next mom over perhaps is lacking in that area and she's looking at me like oh my god like how can she like right. start talking about breastfeeding i formula feed now i feel like i'm a shame mom and i'm formula feeding because she's so great at breastfeeding so i think but but in reality i am lacking in other areas but i'm highlighting my mm-hmm. right you know my greatness as far as mm-hmm. oh this is my greatness and mm-hmm. you know and these other moms i think that causes and stirs that you know probably the aminos and i'm you know that animosity, you know, the, confu- animosity yeah. the confusion perhaps the the self guilt you know and maybe you know in reality
1: it. it doesn't even matter yeah. in the long run exactly. because if it's not going to matter in five years then it shouldn't upset us for five minutes A- exactly I mean, you know, breastfeeding is only a temporary stage in motherhood. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's it's really easy to fall into those um, the, that perfection mm-hmm. um, archetype of the path, yeah. of, of the good, right. perfect mom. Yeah. In reality, it really doesn't matter because all that exactly. we should be focusing on is our children and, mm-hmm. and our, our, ourselves first. Right. And I just say this in a selfish way. We mm-hmm. should focus on ourselves first because we right. are the example that they're going to grow up to 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 remember if we're oh, yes. not acting if we you know if you ask any mother on this planet what is it that you desire the most for for your children give it to me ladies <laughs> it's to be I, happy to be happy. i want right. my kids to be to be happy, happy. What does happy mean to us as mothers? Does it mean having, putting on them, um, you know, clean clothes? Does it mean to have a mint looking house? Does it mean to, you know, put in front of them the the yummiest meal, you know, restaurant level (laughs) cooked by us? Kids don't care about those things. Yeah. Kids exactly. won't care if you breastfed them or if you formula fed mm-hmm. them. Kids will grow up to not even remember those things. Exactly. Yes, the immune system and the health, it's all important. But if we are expecting our children to grow up to be confident and thriving and independent, well, guess mm-hmm. what? The first three years of their lives is exactly where it all happens. Mm-hmm.
2: And they grow up yeah, and they only mirror. remember, yeah, yes, they ol- yeah. They only remember mom is happy, right? Or yes,
1: and those, exactly. Was, and yeah. those first three years are the foundation. This is where they learn the abilities that they're going to then um, have the life skills and the independence and the confidence and the, the you know, everything, the happiness they're going to find in their own, you know, way. That those first three years is where they actually develop all of those skills um, and they learn how to be in the world. Right. Um, and if we're worrying about the breastfeeding and about the clean house mm-hmm. and about mm-hmm. all the rest of it, and this is a side postnatal depression, there's nothing to do with, you know, um, Th- this is just you know
2: <laughs> a little, I think no uh, I think it contributes because sometimes like if you are in that in that like valley or that pit that I said I, I said mm-hmm. earlier and and on top of that you're you know you're interacting with these other moms and they look like they have it all together I think it also contributes to it of you know because I mean? you're of always thinking, oh, like, oh crap, you're
1: putting, like, putting all that extra kind of, pressure yeah.
2: Like yeah. I haven't taken a shower in three days, but look at this mom,
1: you know, her yes. house is clean. And it's a competition, you know, and it, yeah. it shouldn't be at all because we're all, you know, we should just think of, you know, creating what, what we, showing our kids what we want them to become. And that is mm-hmm. the most important mm-hmm. thing for me as a mom, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be happy. You know, it, it, this is really funny. Um, I am pretty much happy most of the time and I'm so proud to have you know after postnatal depression and everything I'm mm-hmm. so proud of myself to be yeah, where I am today you know I'm a yeah. proud mom I'm a, yeah. I'm a proud woman I want you know I want a career mm-hmm. I can have all these things and still be yeah. a good mom you know what defines yeah. a bad or a good mom anyway exactly. You know? exactly exactly uh, <laughs> As long as your child is not, you
2: know, in danger or... Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, those are (laughs) worst-case scenarios for sure.
2: Exactly, But what I mean
1: is like, I noticed, I I started noticing this when I started going, coming out of postnatal depression. And I I would have days when I was particularly happy and smiling. You know, Mm I dance a lot with my girls in the house and I Mm -hmm. would do lots of fun stuff because I like to involve them like in my own activities and I like to be involved in their activities. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot going on in our house all the time. Before it wasn't always like that. So when I started becoming like that, mm-hmm. I used I, I I will never forget the look on my daughter's um, face. I will mm-hmm. never forget it. The way that she was looking at me was <laughs> priceless. She mm-hmm. had almost had sparkles in her eyes, and she was like looking at me like she was seeing like a real. A unicorn! <laughs> I That's swear, nice. like, like that face of holy moly, mom! Is this you? Like, what's going right. <laughs> on? I don't care. Whatever this is, mom, I love it. She had this nice right on her face. That's when I realized everything else mm-hmm. does not matter. Does not he's matter. he's gonna learn <laughs> exactly. to be happy, and you know we are enslaved by our children's happiness because we think that their happiness is going to be our happiness right, but it's mm-hmm. not and that's why most parents when their children grow up to be what they what what they they didn't expect them to be they are mm-hmm. disappointed and they blame it on themselves because yeah. they didn't do a good job well okay. it's not that we don't do a good job it's only because the happiness that we think they should have is our own made of our mm-hmm. own perception
0: mm-hmm. right
1: Just because your kid is going to grow up to be a a very happy and fulfilled hairdresser, it doesn't mean that, you know,
0: (laughs) just because you you may have been one, it
1: doesn't doesn't mean that your kid has to be the same. Their happiness may be in helping others or their happiness may be in just sweeping, you know, the streets, whatever. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that whatever makes me happy doesn't make you happy. And we shouldn't expect that from our kids, right? And mm-hmm. but teaching them and showing them how to find that happiness is crucial,
2: yeah.
1: And it's not in the yeah. breast milk, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, as much as I, I love my breastfeeding journey, and as much as I think it's important for kids to get have the best nutrition, but these are not the things we should focus on at all.
2: But I mean, if you want to talk, talk circle back, and talk about breastfeeding, it's also a mental journey, too. Like, I I took it upon myself to dedicate myself to do 100% exclusively breastfeed. Like, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to achieve. And I I said it before, like, I gave birth. I said, only if my body allows me to do so. And Mm -hmm. that's, like, the mindset that I went in in with breastfeeding. And, you know, luckily, my body allowed it. You know, my son latched right away. I, I, I did great. However... The other aspect of it, of you know, being up all night and the baby just wanting yeah. you, and you're you're definitely attached to the baby, and the baby cannot, you know, you are literally like, you and the baby are only together because it, it they won't accept anybody else, and they need to be with you, and that also can be mentally draining because mm-hmm. for the first three months I couldn't like go out and do my nails, like I couldn't mm-hmm. go out and like get my hair cut, like I couldn't go out and do my normal things because you know, the baby needed me, you know, and that was another journey that I I definitely was patient because I was just happy. And I was happy about the experience. I was so like, you know, wanting to understand the experience. So I was happy about it. Mm -hmm. But looking back at it, had I like been experienced, if I was like in another mindset, I would have been, you know,
1: spiralling definitely um also with post birth so most most mums who go through postpartum depression the reason the sole reason is because of the expectation of birth itself um you know it's because women tend to be control freaks in general i mean i am myself (laughs) i don't know about you but i I, I tend to be myself um, we think that when we become, when we, we are pregnant, um, we kind of have this entitlement over how our birth is going to go and how our breastfeeding is going to go and how mm-hmm. like we have got it all figured out because that's how we are. And then when, when that doesn't happen and we don't allow ourselves to make room for the unpredictable and have that flexibility in our mind to... Be okay, even if it doesn't happen the way that I want it to happen, then we spiral. You said it right, Mm -hmm. we really do. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset when, uh, with my first birth, uh, the doctor said to me, We've got after 12 hours of labor, we've got to cut you open. I did not want that, I wanted a natural birth so bad. I wanted it so Mm -hmm. bad that with my second. I still tried it. And I mean, my, my husband is six foot tall and I'm only like five. <laughs> and I had no chance. And they told me with my second baby, they said, the chances are quite low. Are you sure you want to try for a natural birth? And I said, yep, I'm going to do it this time. And I'm going to have a my weight I still went for it. And I was three days in a bed being induced and having all of the, the worst, you know, being put oh my in myself. Mm-hmm. And I did that to myself. I could have just said, look, you know what, doctor, let's just do it your way.
2: (laughs) Right. right, And,
1: mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we think we can have control over these things and that really is our worst enemy because after birth and we tend to just see it as a trauma because Mm -hmm. it didn't happen the way that we wanted it to happen. Right. Um, It's okay to have goals, but it's okay also to make, to leave room for adjustments.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. Can we talk a little bit about what kind of what signs to look for um, uh, postpartum, mm-hmm. like I, I definitely different think that,
2: <coughs> I definitely think like your signs are your change of personality. So if you were if you had a routine going on, so you'd wake up seven o'clock, baby ready, whatever whatever your routine was, and all of a sudden that is interrupted. My lack of motivation or lack of interest, um, I definitely, that's the signs for me, personally. Like, it was just a totally, like, 180, I did not want to get up, I did not want to change my clothes, I did, not you know, I did not want to, I had no motivation to leave the house, my, just, that went away entirely, like, my routine went away, everything went away, so. Yeah, that's, absolutely, that's really
1: the absolutely, me- those are, yeah
0: like fearing that you're not a good mom is also a sign because I feel like a lot of a lot of um, women obviously their experience is going to be different some women get postpartum depression immediately some women mm-hmm. you know happens like like you mm-hmm. that it happens later on like me but mm-hmm. I feel that even for for their their significant others and their family members, there's there's always signs. I feel like there's always signs yeah. to look for. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like people don't necessarily label it to oh, that's a sign of postpartum. You know what no, I'm saying? Right. No, it's absolutely it's 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 more like oh she's maybe she's tired or she's yeah. not having a good day. Or, or she's the baby was right, or yeah. the baby was up all night, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you're definitely experiencing like a mood shift, mm-hmm. like your mood is different, you're you're mm-hmm. sad, you know. Mm-hmm you 're like withdrawing yourself from your family or friends, those yeah. are definitely signs you know I mean, hundred percent to me hundred yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't want to go out a lot of times. Yeah. I remember my mom would tell me like, you need to comb your hair, mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. to comb your hair not and I just yeah. didn't want to I just didn't yeah. want to yeah, yeah
1: I feel for for like no. definitely not wanting to get out of bed in the morning and just feeling really, really low not finding the motivation to look forward to a lot of the things, you know, and the milestones with your baby and spending quality time with your baby. definitely, mm-hmm. you know, not bonding with your baby, definitely massive signs of postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, they, these were all in place, you know, and um, it's important to recognize them. Mm-hmm. And if you will allow me, I just wanted to briefly um, speak about a support system that I'm also putting in place for mums going through postpartum depression who um, can't afford um, to have the professional help. You know, um, I mean yeah, there course. is a system in place in the States. There's a system in place here in the UK where you get a certain amount of sessions for free. Um, I think it's six of them. And then after that, you're on your own again and um but for those moms who are maybe getting the help already and are on medication but are still kind of wondering how long is this going to last what else can i can i do the moms like us who you know uh, got sick of themselves and just said oh stuff this crap right um Mm -hmm. it's a space that i am creating it's actually launching the 2nd of march and i'm creating a space for moms who Um, who want to be in a safe environment, in a safe, judgment-free community, where they can literally talk about, you know, whatever it is that they need to talk about, and on top of that, I am going to provide with very useful and valuable advice and help, Um, once a week, you know, live, having professionals coming in to, you know, um, give them all the info they need and the support they need. Um, I'm going to have a lot of, um, you know, um, funny little challenges to get them, you know, to, to cope with their everyday, um, with their everyday life. I'm going to set them, I'm going to have like a program in place where they're going to be able to go through it and do um, layout of routine. Because I feel like routine was what saved me as well, as well as my dog, of course. <laughs> and um, <you laughs> right, know, having right. a routine in place, um, you know, where they can wake up in the morning and activate the energy that they need in order to um, to have a, a nice, you know, morning routine in order to have, you know, um, make put those feet one in front of the other um, to say, hey, today was a good day, and then take it from there and and take it one step at a time. So. Giving them a guidance That's on great. how to do that, to do that part on their own without relying on, you know, the medication without relying on the therapy alone. So um, this is going to be like a membership type of um, of space, where it's like a really small amount a month, and it's definitely going to be a lower price <laughs> compared to the two hundred an That's hour amazing. paying under yeah. therapy. That's awesome. So I hope that this, yeah, even if you. I if with this message sending out on, on here, it even helps one woman and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I think yeah. it's Good awesome. For you.
0: That's very Thank awesome. You. I think yeah. it's great. I wish that was available when I was going to
2: Yeah. It. Same yeah. For sure.
1: I'm sure. I know. <laughs> but I t- hey, uh, we're here and, 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 you know, and we get, we get to pay it forward. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: We get to pay it forward. Definitely. I mean, like I, um, like on all of my platforms, I see moms just casually talk about postpartum and, you know, casually talk about it, but they don't want to like go into definite detail. Mm -hmm. And I really, really hope that this like podcast and our videos and your information just kind of encourages them to just take that step, whether it's, you know, vocally or, uh, you know, in private or anything like that. It's just Mm -hmm. such an amazing Um, you know, these tools and resources that we have. And, you know, a lot of moms talk about it in such a traumatic way or in a secretive way, or they just don't want to expose themselves. But it's just so, it's all right. Every woman that's gone through pregnancy and birth has gone through it one way or another. And it's very, very, very normal that your body's reacting to that. And I just want to like send so much love and, you know, support to all these women who are holding it together with no support. With Mm -hmm. no idea what's happening, you know, with their body and their changes. And perhaps, you know, I, I, there's a lot of single moms out there that, you know, don't have that partner support and taking, you know, care of a baby is a big, big job, you know, to do it alone. And I couldn't imagine ever doing it alone. So kudos to single moms and
1: yeah absolutely you know single moms is um especially single moms going through postpartum depression yeah. there's so many out there you know yeah. and um that is actually it's funny you said that because that is actually one of my future it's 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 in my bucket list of things to uh, put in place business-wise because I would love to provide something for the single moms as well yeah um, because they're working they have a time different and, yeah, they yeah they have a completely yeah. different whole set of yeah. problems it's very
2: different it's a very different
0: <laughs> <typically>, <laughs> So different and harder
2: yeah they mm. typically are you know what i'm from what i'm observing and reading is that they're typically they work full time mm-hmm. they have no support at home whether you know it's you know they maybe perhaps they can drop the kids off at daycare or maybe at their parents whatever they, whatever the situation is mm-hmm. but when they when you come home and you have to feed and bathe and all that stuff when you are re, you know unwinding from your 30 hour plus job Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what i mean you have to do uh, your other load with your baby at home and i can only imagine how and what state of mind that they're in and i i pray for those moms for them Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. have that you know just just the mental stability to just keep pushing forward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely keeping it
0: all together that's a that's a Mm -hmm. It's incredible to me, the single moms, like my sister is a single mom and I always tell her like, you know, you, I I look, I'm your older sister, but I look up to you, you know, it's amazing the things Mm -hmm. that you do on your own, you know, and it's, it's something that you should be proud of, you know, because again.
2: I couldn't imagine doing those like night shifts all by myself Mm -hmm. Right, when baby's all up all night and you know, who are you taking those shifts with? You know, typically it was just me and my partner or we're both up together and that would help me through the nights with the baby, but I could not imagine Mm -hmm. doing that by myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and and it's so important as well. Um, I think the message that I want to send to all of these mummies who are going, not just all of the ones that we talked about, but all of the mummies, really, is to just learn how to prioritize yourselves a little bit more because you cannot, um, you know, give if you're not also receiving. Now, there is a concept in um, in, in black psychology, dark psychology, I think it's called, um, and in the coaching, you know, um, I'm, I'm also, um, I'm a certified in, in neuro-linguistic programming. So, it's so important um, to keep in mind that we have got two sides to our persona. One side is the feminine energy that, you know, we live by. And the other side is the masculine. And I feel like moms are definitely in their masculine 24-7. The masculine yeah, is the hardworking side that you pull mm-hmm. out when you're in need to getting stuff done, when you're in need to, like, you know... Um, you know, achieving your goals and getting the task done, getting the house sorted and getting the baby, you know, to to the receiving feminine side is when you actually allow yourself to sit back and recharge and receive. It can be a hot bath. It can be five minutes on the couch meditating or journaling. It can be anything that you dig. It can be something that can help you, um, you know, uh, fill that cup again. Because they say you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you continue to do that, then I'm going to go back to what I was talking about earlier. What are you actually showing to your kids? How are they? They're they're only going to see you as a mom. They're not going to see you as Mm -hmm. a person. They're going to see you as a worker. So being a slave in your own home is not how your kids want to see you. They want to see the woman in you. They want to see the person that you are with your personality, with your, you know, with your fun side, uh, with uh, all the, the, the things that you know how to do, not, you know, they don't want to see you as a mom who cleans and cooks all the time and only takes care of everybody else. If you can't take care of yourself first, then obviously it's going to make it so much harder to provide for everybody else.
2: Yeah. So I and feel
1: like it, it's such an important thing.
2: It is. And sometimes it's culturally like, you know, we – like, you know, look at my mom. My mom was a stay-home mom and mm-hmm. she had eight kids in total. So mm-hmm. she remarried twice. So she had eight kids. And, and me growing up, I actually did not even have, like, um, like what I, from what I remember, I don't even have like a motherly connection because my older siblings helped her raise mm-hmm. the younger ones. Yeah. So we, I only saw her as like, she, you, you know, she taught me to like, you got to cook, you got to clean, you have to be a good housewife, blah, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. as you know, I grew into like, you know, a young woman, it was like, hell no, that's not what I want to do. You know, like, I don't want to be like a stay at home (laughs) mom. Like this is so so weird. weird. (laughs) It's not fun. And like, you know, and, and she'd always tell us like stories of like her, like what she wanted to achieve, but she couldn't because, you know, she was a stay at home mom but it, you know, that, so that like kind of was like, okay, well, that's just strange. So I didn't see anything of her besides her being a stay-at-home mom. So that as a young woman, I was like, okay, I don't want to be that. So, you know, I went to school, graduated, went to, you know, you know, worked the corporate world did all that stuff. So when it came to um, building my family, and like I said, I, it took me a while to even have my baby. So I thought, for a while like okay I just that's it I'm not going to have a kid or I'm not going to have you know be a mom yeah. and I just accepted it and I just kept moving on in my life and and then once I realized like I was going to be a mom I said <clears throat> I want to be able to spend enough time with him to give him that nourishment that I received Absolutely. from my stay-at-home mom you know so that was my personal like I, you know, lucky for me, I'm in a great situation financially with my husband that week. I was allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I know not a lot of moms are fortunate enough to be in that situation, but, you know, I know I'm blessed and I'm very, very, you know, understanding of my blessings. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't ever want to see, I want my son to see me as just, you know, my mom that just cooks and cleans for us. Yeah, You know, that's very important. I always, you know, I always wanted to spend this little time with him, just to help nourish him, grow with him, and see him yeah. grow, and then, then you know, see me grow as well.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I feel it's important to understand that just because you become a mom, your life isn't over, right? No, I mean not. you have got. We still have got our dreams. We still have got you know things to get done. Life isn't over for us. We're still you know. We we, we I, I don't know about you guys but I'm only 34. I will only yeah, <laughs> I'm 34. I'm, yeah, I'm 30. <laughs> and I know yeah, and I know that uh, you know in my 40s, I'm going to be reborn into something different because they say it's like, I don't know, you, you're like, yeah.
2: A thousand percent, yes. <laughs> right.
1: so I'm looking forward to that, you know, I'm looking forward <laughs> to having a blooming career. I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Absolutely. It make me a bad mom just because I'm yeah. not, you know, sitting at home. Even today. your
2: partner looks at you no. different too. Your partner yeah. also appreciates you as a different woman too. Like, yeah. not just like, oh, this is, you know, you have nothing to talk about. Like, oh, what'd you do yeah. all day? the dishes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and even though partners think that just because we're at stay-at-home moms um mm-hmm. it you know we're not doing any anything it's not the case mm-hmm. at all because obviously mm-hmm. I don't feel like there is a difference between stay-at-home moms and working moms you're still actually actually there is a research mm-hmm. I found it not too long ago that states um, that moms work 98 hours a week which equals yeah. two full-time jobs plus overtime. So um, anybody trying to go to a stay at home mom and say you don't do anything all day, um, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's not true. It's <laughs> not Listen, I worked
1: very well. <laughs> no, I worked a very high
2: pressure job, I worked over 40 hours a week. I'm telling you, it was like mentally and physically draining job that I worked. Mm-hmm. And what I when I tell you, when I became a mom, I said, I will trade places <laughs> to yeah. work those hours again. At that time I thought I was tired. Yeah. I did not know what mom tired was yeah. until after I had Absolutely. kids. Like right. Yeah. I was like, oh my I would literally trade places any day mm-hmm. to go back mm-hmm. to saying like okay those, you know, I would work 45 hours a week or whatever it is. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: I would literally go like okay, I would trade places because as a mom, as a stay-at-home mom, there's no like Oh, uh, let's clock out and go home and there's sleep. There's no break at time. Out. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's no break time. There's no clocking out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm
0: a, I'm, a, I'm a stay-at-home mom as well, and mm-hmm. I and I was lucky enough to be able to be a, to stay home with my eldest for a few mm-hmm. years, and then with the twins. Mm-hmm. And for me, to be quite honest, I didn't really see it as as much as I wanted to be home. I felt like. Oh, this is all I am, a stay at home mm-hmm. mom. That was my that was that was part of the reason why I feel yeah. I went into postpartum depression yeah, yeah, with my twins. Deal.
2: Yeah. Because yeah.
0: I was like, you know, I had a life, now mm-hmm. I'm just home and I'm mm-hmm. changing that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Fast forward to how I feel now, it's totally different than mm-hmm. what I was feeling then. And yeah. it wasn't until my son, my eldest son, you know, cause I'm, you know, I talk to him constantly and I'm always telling him, I'm like, you know, I just want to make you proud. And I remember it was, it was, um, a little bit before I came out of postpartum depression and I was telling him, I said, listen, you know, I want you to be proud of me. You know, I know that mm-hmm. I'm not really doing anything right now. I'm just, you know, I'm home and mm-hmm. whatever. And he's like, and he was kind of like doing something. And then he just stopped and looked at me and he said, mom, I'm proud of you. you're the best mom in the world you know (laughs) and then i and then i looked at him and he said you know i want you to be happy you need to you need to because he knows that i like to sing and he's like you know you need to get back to singing mommy because that's what you love he's like you always want me to be happy why can't you and i said that moment it just changed everything for me Mm -hmm. to be honest i feel like that and just my willingness to just want to be better and get Mm -hmm. out of that darkness Mm-hmm. and then hearing him i'm just like
1: you yeah. know he's I, your voice like of reason
0: yeah. right i'm like you elena i'm like okay yep. forget what people say forget what people think yeah mm-hmm. i'm a great-ass
1: mm-hmm. mom <laughs> i'm doing a hell of a job you know absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and you know i am on a mission to bring a modern motherhood mindset yeah you know? yeah because it's definitely it's very archaic
2: mindset yes. that we have right now motherhood, going the on way that yes. we, yeah absolutely
1: arcade. and we are so um ahead we've progressed mm-hmm. so much as human beings mm-hmm. uh in yeah. our society in our mindset in our businesses yeah. in our lifestyles in everything yet motherhood mm-hmm. is still it's... 100 years behind exactly and yep. you know i uh mm-hmm. i am making it my mission honestly
0: <laughs> to yeah. bring
1: a modern motherhood mindset um uh, that oh is me
2: too me too things. Yeah, it is definitely. And I
1: think like, it's so refreshing for us to
2: talk about this in our age group, because I am a hundred percent sure that a lot of moms will agree to exactly what we're saying because they all have gone through this experience, have all gone through experiencing their moms going through pregnancy or whatnot. And then wanting to change. I mean, there's a lot of women I interact with on the daily that are just strong women. They want to deal with you know, these, these issues that we talk about and they want change, you know, and it's right. very, but they and I, mm-hmm. I, they want better for themselves. And I feel like, you know, we have to change or we have to demand or we have to be more vocal about it. Oh yeah. And, and I think it has to start with the whole like process of at your doctor's office, like that whole system and that whole industry needs to change you know like the way we talked about like Mm -hmm. having separate counselors you know having separate entities and silos of each and every individual need that the mom requires not just take your prenatals and keep keep it going you know, yeah. Or count your you know, your
1: kicks and keep it going. And you know, you know what? So it, I think it's exactly that. Um, the reason why what what I can't get over is why do we go from being fierce, independent women in a career or doing whatever we're doing in our life before children and we think that what well, we think that like, of course women own the world, but uh, like mm-hmm. <laughs> we of course have business <laughs> in ourselves and say like, of course, and we're like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. We're multitask and we've got all of these, you know, our confidence levels, level is so high. Mm-hmm. And then we have a baby and we're just crushed. Right. <laughs> we're vulnerable yeah, it's, we're it's, uh, we're we're unsure we we're like lost puppies we're scared mm-hmm. we're afraid we go through mm-hmm. postpartum depression we don't know what to do mm-hmm. why does this happen it can't just be because of motherhood it can't just be because we just mm-hmm. had a baby and it's a hard mm-hmm. transition it has to be because of society and how yes, nowadays the we're pressure and the pressure that we have the upon pressures
2: ourselves. of society and our culture it's ridiculous
1: and, and, and absurd it makes me so it's, it's angry <laughs>
2: Yeah, because it starts with like, you know, your work environment. Like if you, God forbid, you are a strong woman and in a work environment and you are pregnant, like that like is a big, like I worked, I work HR in a big corporate company. I'm not going to disclose, but I worked in human resources. So we, I saw everything that and anything that had to do with human resources. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it came to like maternity leave or moms being pregnant, I worked alongside moms who were a woman, let's say, who were in their fifties, who are petrified of getting pregnant. So they don't lose their job. Like mm-hmm. it's just insane. Cause we don't have the amount of maternity leave like other countries do, you know, mm-hmm. like they don't, we only get like what, six weeks. And what, what is six weeks for a mom to, yeah. to, you know, part from the baby <laughs> and go back to work. Like. I I remember holding my baby at six weeks thinking to, and telling my husband, like, imagine me right now going back to work at six weeks. Like, that's insane. The baby doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to throw them to The baby to a stranger. doesn't even know that it's an entity <laughs> right. outside of exactly. your body. <laughs> exactly. At six weeks, their eyes are not barely even open. Like it's insane yeah. that that is demanded from a woman to like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you want to be in the workforce, but we're going to punish you, you know, and we want you yeah. to be away from and you your kid. And you've got to reinvent want, you know,
1: yourself as well. Yeah. You know, you've got to reinvent your whole identity, everything. It's, it's just like that life incredible. doesn't exist anymore. And then they wonder why we go through postpartum depression because we're grieving mm-hmm. our whole because we don't have any of that anymore (laughs) nothing left right right? and we've got to build it all up again to find the freedom that we need as women while we're being you know moms and Mm -hmm. yeah it's not easy it's it's possible but not easy. it is
2: like like even like I remember like we had to create a room for these moms to pump so like Mm -hmm. we didn't we by law you have to provide a space for a mom private space for moms to pump right So we didn't have a dedicated space. So I would let like people use a random office. These women use random offices. So it was like, so degrading to these moms. It would, and at that time I wasn't a mom yet. So I didn't understand like what it pumping is. I didn't understand anything of that. I was just like, whatever. So like at that, now that I'm a mom, I was like, well, how degrading is it that these moms have to come up, ask for permission to go into these offices, to have a private place to pump while they have their backpacks on and they have to store their milk you yeah. know what i mean like it's just so so low so degrading for these to treat women like that and yeah. in the workspace after they've literally abandoned their kid at six feet so they, they can come back to work and afford you know
1: yeah mm-hmm, and that it just is. reminded me uh of this netflix series that i've been watching which is called working moms but it, it oh, yeah. i don't know if you if <laughs> <your> <laughs> ladies yeah. have seen that it is yeah i know freaking hilarious but you know what when I started watching that the first few episodes I -hmm. had tears in my eyes I don't know Mm -hmm. what it was like maybe it triggered something in me but I felt like so fond of everything that was going on like the way that they were like I related so much Mm -hmm. Um, and I I find it brilliant because it's not really about working moms yes some of these moms work but Mm -hmm. it's about the the fact that the, the 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 fact that we all in the same way go through exactly that you know and how we all cope with it differently in our own ways and it just it was just so nice to watch um you know to see how everything that we talked about yeah. in this whole time is real and everything mm-hmm. that we said that is needed nowadays for all of the moms mm-hmm. is is right mm-hmm. there all in there I mean mm-hmm. uh,
0: <laughs> it's yeah crazy it is so I mean we can um <laughs> I feel like postpartum depression is so um
2: multidimensional
0: it's so yeah and yeah. And, and you know we can talk about this forever and as uh-huh. and I as much as I would love to for us to keep talking because I I, lo- I genuinely enjoy talking about this topic because it has yeah. so many layers
1: yeah. but I know
0: we all have lives <laughs> <laughs> I have to make dinner, <laughs> yeah, we have to make get back to our kids and stuff like that but you know, um if you if you guys um I like to close my session with um giving advice to the listeners and you know not just moms because I feel mm-hmm. like my podcast i want I want to attract men so that men mm-hmm. can be more. You know, more yeah. in tune Involved. with what is yeah. going on in their women's lives. Mm-hmm. So if you guys can give an advice to the listeners on postpartum, what would it be?
1: So I'll start. Um, <laughs> it's easy for me, of course. Um, so I, I feel like I have a message for both. Uh, a message for women is... But this can be also for men um, that happiness is a decision. And realizing this is only the start of a massive journey. So, the moment that you realize this, it means you are ready for the change, whatever you may be going through postpartum depression, you know, um, any struggles. And you realizing this and and being ready for the change and being ready to walk it on your own feet means you're already halfway there. For men, I would say um, if you have a partner who is going through postpartum depression, um, you don't need to understand it, but just give the, the unconditional support. Even if you just sit down, give a hug, and listen, it's plenty. You don't need to move mountains, you know, to to make your partner feel better. You just need to be there, you know, and listen. Because I feel like most of the mummies that I deal with, the first thing that they seek in their everyday life is the understanding from their partners.
0: Yeah.
2: What about you, Um, my mommy's post? So my advice is, is that um, prenatal and postpartum depression comes in many forms. So it can come, you know, right away. It can come later, like, like how we experienced it. So I, my advice is be in tune with yourself, be in tune with your body. Um, just prepare yourself mentally prepare yourself physically for it to happen it will happen it may not happen but it's a high probability it will happen Um, but once it does uh, let your partner know and seek professional help that's my advice I don't try to battle it out on your own don't try to keep shut your partner out or your supports or whoever you have around you um, just you know be strong enough to to just get yourself in that um, space and for mm-hmm. partners you know whether it's a husband or whoever it is that you have um, just be mindful of the changes that happens with a woman and um, understand her body's changing her emotional side is changing she's she's now taking care of a human. Person being that she just delivered so just be very patient very mindful supportive and be present all right um I mean you guys said it all I feel like that's
0: all in a nutshell that uh, when you're going through postpartum that you want from your significant other or whoever you know because there's a lot of single moms um mm-hmm that go through it alone um Mm -hmm. uh, my advice would be to try to turn off all the noise Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we're paying too much attention to the noise and not ourselves and that pushes us deeper into the darkness and I feel that if you shut off the noise it allows you to kind of you know, take it one, take a deep breath, take it one day at a time, you know, and, and everybody's journey is different. Don't compare your journey to anybody else's because everybody's journey is different. And the more in Absolutely. tune you are, the more yeah. in tune you are with yourself, like, uh, mm-hmm. um, you said, the, mm-hmm. the, e- the faster and easier it'll be for you to recognize, like, wait, yeah. something, something's not right.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, that would be my advice. Um, yeah. I would love to continue, chatting with you ladies it was my pleasure i i feel so happy
1: thank you and, for having and
0: us. and grateful thank that you. you guys you know th- this just this just makes me it, it fills me with so much happiness because i started this because of what i went through and i've been able to meet fantastic women like you two
2: mm-hmm.
0: and to have you guys on this you know diverse topic i think it's amazing um Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that Thank we can you. work together in the future.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and Thank you so uh, much for having
0: us. Of course, of course. And keep in touch and let's keep doing big things, man. Let's
1: yes. keep doing awesome. big things together.
2: Yes. Go. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> You're welcome, girls. Thank you. Thank right. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: the end of my postpartum depression podcast and again um, it's very long but it's very informative it has much 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 information and it's information that's important to be shared with you know for yourselves and your family your significant others I feel that the, the three of us um connected and we're able to give a little bit of our our personal experience as well as things that we've learned along the way. And like we each said, you know, our our journeys are meant to help and and remove the stigma from postpartum depression and how it's, you know, considered such a sensitive topic and you have to kind of tiptoe around it. And so you know, for me personally again my my purpose of this is to hopefully help someone you know uh, shine the light on on subjects that i that I feel are necessary to speak on, and I hope that you know you guys enjoyed as much as I did and again, I want to thank my guests for joining me, please share, and I hope that my my journey and my information and the things that I'm, I'm sharing with you guys is able to help at least one person because at the end of the day, that's my goal. So have yourself a good night and catch you on the flip side. Before I go, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of information. Um, for those of you that have questions or if you are going through depression, um, there are a few uh, phone numbers and websites that you can go on uh, the National Suicide Prevention lifeline 1-800-273-8255 uh, 1-800-SUICIDE and um, there's a lot of websites that are out there um, postpartum support international www.samhsa.gov S-A-M-H-S-A.gov, is the um, they have a national helpline as well 1-800-662-HELP one eight hundred six six two four three five seven 662 4357 and honestly if you google postpartum depression you have so much information out there so you're not alone in case you don't know where to turn don't know um who to talk to you can also speak to your speak to your doctor or seek you know um speak to your doctor to help you find uh the necessary help but these are a few um websites and phone numbers that are out there for you for for you and for anyone that you may know so hopefully this can help you um help you out